Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Gotham Ijua, and Gotham is the president and CEO of Alpha Omega Integration. Welcome, Gotham. Thank you. Thank you, Juno. For our listeners, Gotham, can you start off by giving us some context? Tell us about Alpha Omega Integration and a bit of the story, a bit of a window into what you do every day. Uh, sounds good. Um, so, Juno, I'm the president of Alpha Omega Integration. Uh, we're a f- uh, U.S. federal IT systems integrator. Uh, we've been in business for, you know, not for a very long time, having only started in September of 2016. Um, you know, uh, in September of 2016, we were less than a million in revenue. Um, you know, uh, in in August of 2021, we crossed 68.3 million in revenue run rate. And wow. uh, we've been fortunate to have faced uh, some extraordinary growth, getting us into the Inc. 5000 for the last four years uh, at position 355 in 2018, um, position 143 in, in 2019. Uh, 30 in 2020 and again uh, in 2021. Um, we've received, we've also received several other, other accolades like the Washington Technology Fast 50 and the Northern Virginia Chamber of Commerce Fantastic 50 every year for the past four years. Now, above all these, uh, we've also been included in the Northern Virginia Best Places to Work for the past 10, 11 years. Uh, we've um, been included in the Washington uh, Washington Post best place uh, best workplace the last four years and a few other accolades. Now, talking a little bit about Alpha Omega, where uh, our focus is on high-end application engineering, low-code, no-code, open-source applications. Um, the second thing that we focus on is. Uh, cloud engineering, high-performance computing, and serverless architecture. Um, third, by means of an acquisition, we got a third capability. Our third focus area is robotics, process automation, artificial intelligence, um, machine learning, IoT, and so on and so forth. Um, wow. You know, uh, and a little bit uh, more about Alpha Omega and myself. I spent the last 20 years in uh, the merger and acquisition space, buying and selling companies. Uh, it's very similar to buying and selling houses, but unlike houses, you need to kind of grow a company before you can sell it. Uh, and that could take uh, from a few years to several years. Uh, and a little more about myself. I uh, have an MBA from the Darden School of Business, uh, and I have two daughters. Um, one who turns two years in Jan next year and another who turns five in April of next year. 
So try to club in a little bit of background of myself and my company. Yeah. That's uh no, that's wonderful. That's really that's really helpful context. And uh, well done. Some some amazing accolades in the past few years for the company. And uh, yeah, that's that's really incredible, Gotham. So tell us about your when you look at your story as a leader, and I'm really fascinated by your how you talked about buying and selling companies a bit like houses, except you have to grow them <laughs> before you sell them. Uh, tell us about some of the moments that might come to mind that really shaped you to become the leader you are today. Are there any moments in particular that you think back to when you saw another leader lead in a particular way, or you you maybe you made a mistake and realized, and it was a big learning for you? Any moments that come to mind that really shaped you, Gotham? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, actually, uh, several, several of them, um, uh, s- several of them, you know, um, maybe the most important on top of my mind, uh, you know, my my very first venture in life was when I was sixteen. I opened an underage, um, underage nightclub. Uh, in Bangalore, India, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and I guess my first learning, uh, I mean, my first learning experiences came there. And uh, the one person that I learned from was my mother, right? My mother was, a, you know, generally in, uh, in India, when it was, you know, uh, even before it came into the world limelight as a developing economy, uh, generally, the um, you know my mom was a homemaker like most other women uh, her age, and my dad was the breadwinner, right? But um, my leadership lessons I learned from my mom, right? And um, again, you know, um, in my first venture, it was an outstanding success. As a sixteen-year-old, I was. Um, I was making a lot of money because I had uh, identified uh, a large number of underage kids in India were generally spare, had a lot of time on their hands and it, um, you know, we, um, you know, you generally, when you have, uh, you know, they say the uh, idle mind is devil's workshop. And so uh, as much as, um, uh, as much as an underage nightclub may not be very appealing to most parents just getting uh, you know uh, 16 year old kids uh, 16 17 18 year old kids and and uh, a little older than that um, uh, involved in something that that piques their interest keeps them occupied was definitely very helpful um, it was also very financially fulfilling as a 16 year old I was making a, a decent amount of money um you know and and uh, eventually when i decided to uh share this venture with my 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 parents um you know they one of the things that my mom said was how every business venture needs to kind of have some type of corporate responsibility or giving back to communities it was then that i started um um, I guess uh, financing financing uh, scholarships to the school that I was privileged to attend in 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 Bangalore, India, and and so uh, that's always stayed on in my mind. Uh, eventually, I came to the U.S. to um, um, you know, eventually I came to the U.S. to 
pursue my my future studies and it was you know maybe 10 years later that i uh, started um on my third venture right which was um you know kind of getting a, a trans esterification plant to convert jatropha oil into biodiesel i was in the us i'd got some uh, seed funding from family and friends um and i you know just going through the regular rat race i had realized it wasn't very fulfilling and so i'd taken a sabbatical from work in the us and decided to open a trans esterification plant i created a prototype in my free time then took the sabbatical and i wanted to create this uh install this plant so it can provide electricity to a, a couple of villages in india that didn't have electricity at that time Yes. Now the uh, good side of it was, um, you know, I was able to get electricity to two villages uh, in remote India. Um, two thousand seven uh, was when it 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 took off. Uh, it's still functional today. It's taken over by the government. The um, you know, I guess the unfortunately, it didn't take off as a business venture. Um, I got the seed funding. I was successful in uh, getting the first round from an U.S. investor. I could not get matching funds from uh, an Indian investor, yeah. and so um, the this big lesson I learned was it's not only important to have a great idea um, um it, it's also important to have a business plan on making sure your idea is is uh, financially viable um, um well um a couple of uh, ventures later i yeah. started alpha omega five years ago and unlike uh, the venture before that in the same space federal contracting uh, this time i decided to buy a company and start off rather than starting a from a company from ground up and i used all the lessons i learned from my previous ventures and and um, you know especially the fact that uh, you have to do something that is different and provides value right yes and, uh, and so alpha omega was born uh, i told you about alpha omega and what it does in the it space which is probably like one of a million other companies around the globe right <laughs> high-end yeah. application engineering cloud engineering and our uh, artificial intelligence robotics mm -hmm. process automation makes us one of a million companies but what is different about alpha omega which i've learned from the lessons in my previous ventures is that um uh, you know, we we unlike a number of other companies in our space, right? We are only focused on the on the uh, U.S. Uh, government, right? One. Yes. Second, yep. within the U.S. government, we have only focused on state and DHS, and within state and DHS, we are focused on uh, a couple of agencies. That focus makes us, uh, you know, makes us slightly different, but we still have competition. Now, within our customer base, we are focused on being uh, being interlinked with the mission of the agency. For example, uh, in the Department of State, one of the um, pieces of work, I mean, one of the uh, there is an agency called Diplomatic Security, and as the name says, they have the the mission of DS or Diplomatic Security is to provide, um, you know just to provide uh, reciprocatory privileges 
to diplomats of other countries that are in the in the US. Now, um, you know, within Alpha Omega, we have some a critical, um, uh, I mean, critical uh, retired government uh, employees. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, who have helped. Uh, explain the culture, the mission, and 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 in generally the direction diplomatic security should go with. So on every contract we provide diplomatic security. We also, uh, at no cost to the government, provide uh, uh, business analysts who uh, who understand uh, what it takes to align uh, IT systems uh, with the mission of diplomatic security. Uh, that unique value. Um, you know, you don't really get with other, um, you know, other companies in our space. Yeah. And the added value is your customer and the customer entanglement is so profound that the customers always uh, try to get to us, uh, not only on recompetes of the of the contracts we have, but also on every additional work. Uh, in the IT space that comes out. So the end value that we provide or the enterprise value of the company just skyrockets when you provide this unique difference. So focus is one of the main things that I've learned. Uh, I've also learned that uh, you know you need to have corporate responsibility and therefore we've engaged in our corporate services internally within the company, several mm. giving back to communities initiatives. And, and stop me, Jono, if you feel that I'm rambling along and I will, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to give you a better picture or uh, and answer your qu uh, question. No, it's, it's, uh, it's wonderful, I, Gotham. Um, it's, uh, I guess I'm really interested in how you started Alpha Omega five years ago. Can you tell a bit of that story, what it was like to actually start? What, what, for sure, those who, sure. who may have never started an organization before, what did that look like? How did you do that? Sure. Um, and, and, you know, people uh, say um, necessity is the mother of invention. So let me give you a little background. In 2009, um, I was um, generally working for a company called QSSI who had become infamous for the healthcare.gov uh, implementation. And I think it's, a, it's, it's known worldwide. It didn't go very well. And then QSSI was brought in to help uh, fix the challenges with Obamacare, all right? And so at sure. that precise time, uh, I, um, you know, um, uh, I, I, you know, used a unique model to help satisfy that. And it gave me a better understanding of the challenges with federal contracting. Fast forward a few years, um, you know, I, um, given my relation with customers, I started a company from ground up um, and over four years, the company grew to 14 million um, from zero to 14 million in four years. I believe it was 33 proposals, 27 wins, 18 sole sources. Uh, later, it was 14 million a year in revenue. But um, this time around, uh, or my first time around when I started a company, I was literally uh, doing, I mean, wearing all the possible hats and I was starting a company from um, ground up. So when I took a buyout from my first um, a federal contracting company, I wanted to now start something 
which um, already had the past performance to help us succeed uh, in the in the market space I was in. So I shopped around and looked for companies that um, you know where, that had older uh, owners who were likely burnt out in the space. Right. And so um, yes. and that ha- I mean, uh, that had some uh, commendable past performance. Um, you know, I had four targets uh, and, and I bought one of them and I got into the space um, and, and um, you know, uh, and then it was history. The most important thing that I've done to grow Alpha Omega was getting the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus. Yes, it was. Wow. Uh, uh, it, it's 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 easier said than done. Um, and as I made those changes, um, the company, you know, the leadership team helped build the company from there. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I love that that you said the the biggest thing you've done that's made the the biggest difference is getting the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off the bus. Wow. And Did that ask, answer your question, Juno? Yeah, that was a that was a great answer, Gotham. Uh, I I think one other thing I'd be really interested in in knowing about is how you have, for those listening who may have never been involved in an acquisition, what's involved from your perspective when you're in your shoes previously, when you are selling a company or when you're when you're buying a company, what's that like? What's the process like to to do that, Gotham? You know, um, uh, you know, and this, this, I mean, the the merger and acquisition space is made unnecessarily complicated um, around the world, right? It requires, I mean, you know, so at the end of the day, um, you know, buying and selling companies, I mean, they call mergers and acquisitions, and I think that is unnecessarily, uh, and and even the term is sounds complicated. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah. dumbing it down. It's identifying a target, identifying money, and buying the target, right? So um, every uh, company is available for a sale, right? Every company is is available to sell. The question is at what cost? Um, now, once you scale it down to that level, I think it's uh, it's relatively simple. Right. In my case, um, I, I, I came up with a definite criteria that could give me an edge on uh, in terms of how much I would pay for it. Um, you know, I, I yes. selected uh, um, companies that had reservation in the federal government. Um, uh, they were they are called ATA companies, and then I selected the owner profile, which is who's likely to be burnt out and is looking to retire, right? And then I looked at the mix yeah. of contracts that could help me continuously grow and provide synergy. Now, uh, these three things, um, and then you know, general research using public databases will give you all, um, everything you need to know of the different companies that are privately held in uh, any space and the, the third thing is 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 you just pick up the telephone give the owner a call and express your interest and a quick uh, short description about uh, yourself and why you buying the company would be beneficial to the employees 
um, the, mm. the third introduction is, is very important. Uh, it secured me four dinners with the four companies that I was going to buy. And each of them, the you know, uh, after you generally build a relationship, it's important to build a relationship with every seller. After you build a relationship, you want to ask them uh, approximately what are they looking for in your company, right? Um, yes. And, and everybody gives you an answer. What are you looking for in terms of a selling price? And everybody has an answer. And, and the question is, um, you know, you can always get closer to the uh, asking price again if it's not absurdly high um, by restructuring, um, you know, restructuring your financial mechanism. So let me give you a good example. When I sat down with Grace, the owner of TMS, the company I acquired, came up with a price tag, which I didn't feel was very exorbitant. I offered her 2 million more, right? And I said, I'll pay you 2 million more, wow. almost uh, 20, uh, 25%. And uh, provided she takes uh, a large part of um the payment as an earnout and then i restructured the earnout as a forgivable seller note so in terms of bank debt um an earnout isn't i mean you know isn't considered equity but a forgivable seller note is considered equity injection so when i walked into the company i acquired i didn't pay one dollar from my pocket and the entire um, uh, the entire acquisition was debt based based on a restructured um, debt. Eighty percent was from the bank. Twenty percent was a seller note, forgivable if certain targets weren't met. And so it was a win-win situation all around. Yeah, brilliant. I, I think you've unpacked that really well, and it's great to have such a simple perspective on how to acquire. A company and some they're, they're wonderfully practical tips how about covid how have you found covid the past couple of years as a leader and have there been any particularly uh, successful strategies that you've implemented to to manage such a such a difficult time you know um uh, <laughs> that's a great question um you know, the, the, uh, uh, sometimes when I talk about COVID, right, um, you know, COVID and positive changes can never be used in the same sentence. And I say this in, in, a, in, in, a, more se- in a more serious sense, mm. right? Um, you know, the, I, yeah, my heart goes out to a number of businesses that have not been successful. Um, you know, um, I joke with my team, um, you know, with COVID, Alpha Omega was finally digitally transformed and it took a, it, it took a virus to do that. Um, on a more serious note, from a business perspective, working from home has shown us how to be more productive at a lower, uh, lower cost. Sure. Um, you know, it's not always about the money. Over the last few months, uh, I mean, last few, uh, sorry, uh, last couple of years, um, you know, uh, 
to our disbelief, we have watched um, our daily lifestyle of camaraderie and friendship morph into a uh, into version which to some uh, was unre unrecognizable. While the new norms of isolation and social distancing have uh, temporarily threatened our ability to partake in simple pleasures such as meeting in the break room over lunch or coffee, we need to find a delicate balance between working from home and 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 um, and the lifestyle of in-person camaraderie. And now this is yes. uh, not from. Um, um, not from a business perspective, but, but from a, a personal perspective. The top three decisions um, uh, that that we made to combat COVID, right? Um, you know, first our response to COVID uh, um, was decisive. Uh, ahead of the stay-at-home order, uh, which was around March, um, in 12 hours, we moved to 100% remote and, and closed down our office. We secure, secured confirmation from our clients to allow teleworking uh, with zero disruptions. 97% of our um, you know, people, we are in the services business, are working from home. 3% wow. mission critical staff support production systems uh, and are still on, on site. Yeah, Second, incredible. we moved. Um, yeah, second, we moved access to um, um, to office for all employees. No, ex I mean, we removed access to the office for all employees. No ex exceptions. When COVID hit, things had were really scary. Our employees' health was our number one concern. Um, uh, several years, I mean, mm. a few years ago after the acquisition, we had made an investment and I'm so glad we did that uh, to migrate all our applications to the cloud um, and, you know, got in Office 365 uh, for every employee. It was an added cost, but it skyrocketed our staff's ability to work from home. Yeah. The final thing was the social distancing doesn't mean we had to be emotionally disconnected. Our HR team jumped into action and implemented some employee engagement activities like training, movies, crazy hat day, pyjama parties, uh, virtual happy hours, you name it. We did it all <laughs> and, and uh, everything over MS Teams, uh, Juno, uh, remotely. We recently had an employee host a music concert remotely as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, we, we started a running club and a book reading club. Um, and, and these initiatives motivated and encouraged um, others to not only partake, but also start this uh, work-life balance, not only with work and family life, but also with personal enrichment, personal development, uh, as well as community service. This engagement paid off. And I'm proud to say that our teams uh, delivered with the same efficiency and spirit that they showed the customers when we were on site. Yeah, that's fantastic, Gotham. I can I can hear why you've been able to be successful from investing in uh, in having you know three six five and and having everyone uh, able to work from home before COVID and and then really going fast to make sure that everyone felt safe. But then investing in culture, even when you were working remotely as a team. You know the um, no no thank you Juno um, you know there were uh, again um, 
See, I, I just told you, I mean, I, I was just mentioning, right? I'm not sure last year uh, changes and welcome, right? Could be used in the same sentence. And I'm talking about, you know, uh, I'm kind of <laughs> narrowing down yeah. on some welcome changes. Um, um, and although I, I say that in a lighter sense, um, not all changes were unwelcome last year. There were three changes that had a profound effect on Alpha Omega, right? Um, since that remote work has thrust on us and coming into the office was a distant reality, we had to think about new ways of engagement, um, you know, which, which uh, created opportunities. Most profound among them was uh, implementing uh, an operating system called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Now, at the base, it asks for a clearly defined uh, function. And, I mean, it, it asks for clearly defined function and roles that people are accountable for in your organization. It highlighted several deficiencies with how when you build a plane while flying it, as in the case of Alpha Omega, you tend to assign overlapping accountability. By yes. clearly defining um, an accountability chart, we kind of gain mileage, traction, and clarity, and that really surged performance. So one of the other yeah. things that we, one of, uh, the second thing we did was we clarified Alpha Omega's core values. Um, so I mentioned building the plane while flying it, right? Now, this sometimes leads to you coming up with core values that you may outgrow uh, as your out, uh, organization evolves. Now, we rethought our core values as a team and uh, then, you know, kind of abbreviated it by the letters in the word heart, uh, where H stands for harmony, E for engagement, uh, A for accountability, resourcefulness, and tenacity. Now, hmm. by implementing this, we gave, uh, we propelled Alpha Omega's new core values uh, um, by creating it from ground up. It provided a method of retaining, promoting, and hiring people who meet these values. Final yes. change. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, the final change we made is uh, examining a company's fundamentals. Our core had far-reaching impacts on the business. Our, uh, you know, my visionary traits kicked in, and although Alpha Omega was created with a passion to serve our nation by providing unparalleled value in government contracting, there was so much more we could do to live up to our tagline. Right, our tagline is to create new new possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Thus, we started a journey to becoming mission focused. We pivoted and, and, and no longer pursue projects because it implements some cool state-of-the-art technology for technology's sake. We use technology as an enabler of our customer's mission and we invest in a workforce often at no cost to the customer that has a stupendous understanding of the customer's mission. This wow. makes our customers inevitably more successful. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's brilliant, Gotham. I, I think uh, entrepreneurs operating entrepreneurs operating system. That's right, entrepreneurial operating system EOS. Yes, yes. Yeah, EOS is is fantastic, and it's great to hear. It's been so, it's been such a breakthrough for you, and really helped you and the team get through 
it's one of the things that's helped you get through COVID, it sounds like. Thank you. Thank you, Jenna. Okay, well, let's do Leadership Express. This is just some fast questions. So, Gotham, just give me yeah. the first answer that comes to your mind, okay? Sounds good. <laughs> okay, number one, what book have you gifted the most to other people? The, the um, <laughs> Jim Collins, Good to Great, Built to Last, and Built to Succeed. Yes, yeah, and I, I don't mind you giving three there because they're all amazing. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, okay. He's a great author. He's a great author. He is. They're in my top five. Good to great. It's definitely in my top five. Uh, question two, any great podcasts you listen to or other sources you, you read, watch, or listen to? You know, Brené Brown, uh, Dare, to, uh, Dare to Lead, and she basically, um, she, she, her TED Talks are uh, some of the best, best podcasts. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, question three, what's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of recently? Um, what I'm most uh, excited about implementing, uh, continuously uh, building a company that unquestionably is focused on making custom, our customers successful. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, next question. What's a time management or productivity tip you'd give or a tool or resource you use? You know, um, I, I get. I mean, there are five things I absolutely try to accomplish every day. Yep. Uh, Ten minutes of meditation, thirty minutes of reflection, one hour with the kids. Right. Yep. I have yep. young ones, two and four years old. Uh, I know you asked for a quick answer. The fourth <laughs> thing is thirty minutes with your spouse. Mm. Absolutely important. And 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 uh, thirty minutes doing the dishes in your house, however successful you are. Yeah, wonderful. I, I really like that. What is a, and this might be a similar answer, what's a tip around work-life balance you'd give to other leaders? <laughs> the last three pieces, I mean, when you ask me for the, the most important thing for productivity, hmm. um, you know, uh, and when focus, I, I, the first two things was meditation and reflection for 30 minutes. Yep. The next three things are the most important for you to be productive and also for work-life balance. You spend one hour with your kids, extremely refreshing. Hmm. They are your legacy. You have to invest in them, right? From a work-life balance, very important. The second two is is 30 minutes of time with your spouse and mm. 30 minutes doing the dishes. I'm telling you, it has a profound effect on work-life balance and also with with keeping, um, keeping you productive because yeah. if that balance is gone and you have tensions at home, you can't be productive. The last thing I want to say is, Spend an hour working out. Uh, it, it's just so important to yes. keep your mind uh, productive and effective. Yeah, that's great advice. And for me recently, that's been cycling. I've been really enjoying cycling. Uh, previously, it's been running. Uh, I, I just, there's something about getting the heart rate up for half an hour or, or more that truly does, is a game changer for productivity. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've, I've done a mix of things. I have a personal trainer. I do weights two days a week. I play in a soccer league uh, that takes up a large part of one day. I play golf, but I don't use a golf cart. I walk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I, I play racquetball. So between all five of them, I, I get, get my intake of working out. 
Yeah, wonderful, Gotham. Uh, next question. What's a big struggle or problem that you see leaders facing today? 99, I mean, uh, 99% of leaders uh, are looking, um, looking, uh, I mean, 99% of leaders don't understand the why behind your business is the most important to be successful. Yeah, that's so a I good think answer. The biggest challenge is, 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 is the mill, I mean, the, the Gen X's, Gen Y's, Gen Z's, uh, millions, whatever you call them, uh, they're asking to understand the why behind your business. Yeah, I agree. And for anyone out there, go and, uh, go and read Simon Sinek, Start With Why. It's a great book yep. around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, a, mo- a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Uh, <laughs> you know, most people um, would not agree with my, um, I've taken the best leadership lessons from, um, you know, um, from uh, Peaky Blinders. Uh, so there's this uh, <laughs> Irish mob, there is a series about an Irish mob. Uh, it's called Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and, yeah, I know, I know uh, it, I've seen it, it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm telling you, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's related to the mob and the mob wasn't really legal. So people might question that. But from a leadership perspective, uh, Shelby, there's so much you can learn from Shelby that are important in today's, um, in a today's business world. Love it. That's so good. Okay. A quote that you're particularly fond of for life or leadership. You know, what I've written in my company, uh, I'm sorry, what I've written in, um, on on the board in my uh, on the wall in my offices growth is the only evidence of life it was by john henry newman mm, growth is the only evidence of life i like that okay what's a what's a tip for finding and keeping great talent um <laughs> you know the the you know uh, focusing on uh, a culture uh, an inclusive culture, most important. Focusing on an inclusive culture uh, yep. really helps you identifying the right people and retaining them. Yeah, focusing on an inclusive culture. I like that. And the last question, if you if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Uh, <laughs> you know, if there's one piece of advice, um, you know, um, I would, uh, you know, to any young leader, it, it's not about finding, finding a great idea. It's finding a different idea. Right. And, and, um, and, and, and creating, uh, uh, a business plan around that idea and, and using a bullet strategy. When I say bullet strategy, what I'm saying is testing your business plan before you can go all out and uh, spend five, you know, uh, three to five months implementing that idea full scale, test out your business plan before you implement it full scale. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Well, that was a lot of fun. And uh, where can where can people find you if they want to contact you on, on social media? Or is there is there anywhere people can find you Gotham? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, my name is spelt as G as in George, A as in Apple, U as in Umbrella, T as in Tom, A as in Apple, M as in Mark. Uh, the last name is I-J-O-O-R. I'm very active on LinkedIn, social media, and the website of my company is www.alphaomegaintegration.com. Wonderful. Well, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in. This has been so much fun with Gotham. There's been just uh, a lot of gold, particularly uh, not only in the stories we heard earlier around acquisition or buying and selling as Gotham simplified it. And uh, there's just been so much gold in this. And don't forget, listeners, that you can also check out our other podcasts, the John O'White Leadership Podcast, where I give you content uh, about leadership and leadership question of the day, a different question every day to help you grow as a leader. But I really want to finish by just saying a massive thank you to Gotham Ijua. Gotham, it's been uh, just so much fun spending time together and hearing your stories. And uh, yeah, I've, I've just really enjoyed it and found it found it really, uh, it, it's getting my mind going and, and I'm going to be thinking about a lot of the things you said, some great answers there at the end too. So thank you for being so generous and coming on. Thank you, Juno, uh, for giving me the opportunity and wish you the very best. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and, you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. 
I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. 95% uh, of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.